0: amen well guys i'm in first peter chapter one and it's a strange place to start for christmas and that's cool uh but but uh, as i begin to pray uh, this morning we're talking about joy and if we're going to talk about joy i think it's important to also recognize the fact that life is hard and life has been hard and it's been hard for many of us for a while and and so if we're going to talk about joy I, I think we should do it in the context of where we're living and, and many of us are living uh, in, a, in a phase, in a period, where we're going through some trials, and we're suffering, and uh, or we've been through that recently. And so I, I just want to put skin in the game for us this morning, that we understand what this Advent, what this Christmas means for us, uh, and how we can have joy when life is hard. Okay, And so that's why we're starting in 1 Peter. So here's what the Word of God says, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm also going to put it on the screens. If you didn't bring your Bibles, that's cool. So you can watch up there, starting in verse 6. Um, And it says this, 1 Peter 1, starting in verse 6. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief and various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold which though uh, perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though not seeing him now, you believe in him. And you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so my question for you this morning, uh, if I was going to kind of put it simply, is this, how is that possible? Right? How is that possible? We put that in context. Peter says that we're rejoicing with inexpressible and glorious joy uh, even though uh, we're we're suffering grief and various trials. So how is it possible to rejoice with inexpressible joy when you're going through really hard things? And the answer, I believe, is Advent. I think that's the answer. And so that's what I want to talk to you about. So uh, another primary verse for us this morning. Uh, You've heard it if you've ever watched a Charlie Brown Christmas, because this is Linus coming out and speaking this to us. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Uh, But the angel of the Lord said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy for all of the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born to you, who is the Messiah Uh, He said, who is Christ the Lord, Christ Messiah, they're meaning the same things, okay? Uh, Who is uh, the Messiah, the Lord. And so uh, there's three things I want to share with you this morning as we talk about joy in the midst of suffering. Here's the first. I want you to know that we can have joy in the midst of suffering uh, because of the person of Jesus, okay? Okay. We can have joy in the midst of suffering because of the person of Jesus. And before we go too far down the road, I think it's really important that I lay out a, a really important distinction for you. And, and, and it's this. I know that in our society, um, we use happiness and joy kind of synonymously, right? So, in fact, if you were going to look up happiness, a lot of those definitions would, would have joy sitting next to it as a sentiment, synonym. But I, I want you to understand that there are actually pretty different concepts, okay? And, and so I, I think here's some pretty good biblical definitions of, of happiness and joy. Uh, the first, for happiness, I just grabbed that from Britannica this week. Uh, it, it says, happiness is feeling pleasure and enjoyment because of your life situation, okay? It, 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 happiness is, is just being happy because of your, your life situation. So uh, guys, uh, how, how many reengagers I have out there? How many men re-engagers I have out there, right? So Wednesday, you know what I mean. Right? It's not Tuesday, it's Wednesday. Uh, You know, Tuesday's recycling, but Wednesday, right, you guys follow me, that's an inside joke, y'all. But let's just say the sun is shining on you, and and you're having a good day, and so you're happy, you're in a good mood. You you, you got up, and and the kids behaved, and and you got out the door, and and your wife gave you a little kiss on the cheek and said something special to you, and you kind of walk out the door, and you start up the car, and your favorite song's on, and you're like, yeah, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day, right? And that's happiness. It's about my external circumstances. But joy is is really radically different than that. And and so I I think a good definition for biblical joy, and I grabbed this from Bible Reasons, uh, is is this, that joy is the deep soul level happiness that's a result of beholding by faith, that means seeing through faith, the beauty and wonders of Christ. That's different, isn't it? It's radically different than how we define happiness. Joy is... Is, is this deep soul level happiness that happens because I'm seeing Jesus in all of his glory, right? And, and it goes on, it says, it's rooted in Jesus, not in external circumstances, and therefore it cannot easily be displaced by external changes. So here's what I want you to get this morning before we jump into Luke 2, is that happiness is all about the external. But man, joy is not. It is possible to have joy regardless of the external because joy comes from Jesus, all right? So with that in mind, I'm going to look at Luke 2, uh, 10 and 11 again, and here's what it says one more time. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the city of David. A Savior was born to you. Who is the Messiah? Christ the Lord. So good news, great joy for all people. What is it? What is the, the source of joy? What is it? And and that's the surprise of the text. The source of joy isn't a what. Right? That so so we 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 think about happiness, we think that's joy. It's not, that's external, right? It didn't say the source of happiness, it says the source of joy, and it's not a what, it's a who. And it's a person is the answer. So the angel of the Lord shows up and is like, hey, there's going to be joy for everyone on earth. And you're like, hey, what's going to bring us happiness? Will it be riches? Will it be splendor? What is it going to be? And it's like, no, it's not a what, it's a who. And here's his name. He's going to be Savior. He is the long-awaited Messiah. And he's going to be Lord, right? Born to hurting people, people that are living in fear, people that are described as uh, sheep without a shepherd who are being devoured, people that are described as captives that need to be set free. And this Savior, get this, this Savior doesn't come and lift them up out of their circumstances. He, God Himself, instead comes down into their circumstances. You get this? This is beautiful. That we don't have a God that stands at a distance and that stays away from the mud and the mire and the hurt and just wishes us luck. But we have a God that says, I am here to save you. And and here's how I'm going to do it. Not from a distance, but I'm going to come down into your hurt and I'm going to step into your loss, and I'm going to walk with you as you grieve, and that's how I'm going to set you free. That's what Christmas is about. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. And friends, that's the first reason I'm going to tell you this morning that you can have joy in the midst of suffering, because joy is not external. Joy is about Jesus and he, no matter what you're going through, and I know some of you are going through such a hard time, you feel distant from him. Some of you walk through the doors this morning and, and maybe you're feeling, well, maybe he just doesn't see me or maybe he doesn't care about me or maybe, no, no, he is with you. Uh, David Crowder has a song. And man, there's some seasons. Y'all, I, 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 uh, I, I'm a pusher through. Anybody else that way? You just push through, right? So when my dad died, I just pushed through. I ignored everything, every hurt, whatever. I was like, I'm just, get, I, I had too much stuff to do here, if I'm being quite honest. Uh, I just pushed through and pushed through and pushed through. And then I was listening, uh, when I began to hurt and realize some of that pain, I, I was listening to a song by David Crowder. It's called All I Can Say Right Now. It says, this is all that I can say. This is all that I can give. Uh, and and one, of this, one, one of the lyrics He's talking about Jesus. He was talking about how he felt like he was so far away. But he says, I, I, I didn't see that you were standing there. Right? And he says, I, I didn't know that you were crying too. <sighs> Y'all, that's Advent. Listen, God loves you so much. And I know maybe you feel like he doesn't. I know maybe you're going through something and you feel like he's just so distant. No, man, it's the exact opposite. He loves you so much that he's crying too. He loves you so much that he's choosing to walk in pain with you. That's his choice because of his love for you. And that's why we can have joy. Because we have a God that is with us, right? So we can have joy in the midst of suffering because of the person of Jesus. Second, I would tell you is that we can have joy in the midst of suffering because of the purpose of Jesus. Because of the purpose of Jesus. I don't get lost in the titles. This Jesus has come to do something gives us three, three titles. He's come to save. So two of them, by the way, are about his mission. One of them is, is about a promise, okay? So I just want to help you frame that. So it uh, calls him Savior and Lord. That's his mission, is to save you and become the Lord of your life. That's why that's Jesus came, okay? So to save you and be the Lord of your life, that's why he came. The second title, Messiah, is to let you know that's always been God's plan. That's always been the plan of God. It was talked about all through the Old Testament. All the prophets, all the Old Testament points to this Jesus who has come to save you and to be the Lord of your life, right? And and, and so uh, this is is the purpose. We have joy in the midst of suffering because of the purpose. Uh, Jesus says in Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. He's come to seek you out. He's come to save you. That's what the Messiah came for. Uh, Paul writes, Timothy, he says, this saying is trustworthy, deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That was his reason. It's why Jesus came, is to save, to be, I uh, say, to, to lost people, to hurting people, to captives, right? To, to people that were, were listen, uh, Ephesians 2 says that they were dead, Uh, in their transgressions, that they were far away, that they were foreigners and aliens uh, to the covenants and promises of God. He has come to bring all those people, to rescue all those people, to save all those people, and to bring them into a relationship with God. He wants to save you. And this Messiah doesn't just want to save you, he wants to be the Lord of your life. And listen to me, this is the source of joy. Being saved by Jesus, but also, hear me, by him being our Lord. And those two should never be divided. I know in our culture, we make it sound that way. Sometimes we preach, well, it's almost like different for Jesus to save me or be my Lord. I I would say if he's not your Lord, you're probably not saved. Um, It's kind of a package deal. But here's why it's so important. Some of you, uh, even as a believer, at one point we say, yeah, Jesus, you're in control of everything. Um, We're dumb. Well, I'm dumb, okay? I'll agree with Paul. I'm probably the dumbest person in the room. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're really smart. But I have a tendency to like control. Anybody else? Am I speaking to anybody or just me? And so I do this all the time. Jesus has come to save me and to be my Lord. And, and my problem, idiot, is I think I know what I'm doing. I think I know it will be better. But God, I want this. Let me have this. And what do we do? We take back that Lordship. We go, I, I gotta That's how we got into this in the first place. Right? But we do it all the time. And so, so listen, here's, here's if you're going through some suffering right now and you're like, I can't find joy, um, I, I think I know why. Okay, so I'm going to just ask you a question. Ready? Here's the question. I think it has huge implications. Ready? Who is Lord over what is plaguing you right now? Just answer that. And you're going to figure out why you do or don't have joy. Who is Lord over what is plaguing you right now? Because if it's you, you have no joy. Because if it's you, it's all on you. You've got to figure it out. You've got to stay up at night. You've got to worry about it. You have to finance it. You, you've, it's all on you. And there's no rest in that. And you are weary and worn out and tired. You're trying to, how do I fix this hurt, God? How do I fix this pain? What do I need to do? What counselor do I need to see? What book do I need to read? How much money do I need in the bank? What do I have to do? And it is unceasing. Matthew 6 unceasing read the sermon on the mount you'll never stop and and so you're restless and you're weary and you have no joy if you're the Lord over your circumstances but oh this is good but if Jesus is Lord over our circumstances and Lord by the way means he's over it He said to you, listen, this is the promise of Jesus. I've come, right, to carry your burdens. All of you who are weary and heavy laden, just come to me and I'll I'll give you rest. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. So he says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things that you're worried about are going to be given unto you. I'm Lord. I'm in control. You can release it. And life is hard. And we've all got different junk we're dealing with. Adults, kids too though, teenagers, man, y'all face some junk you should never have to face. And in the midst of that junk, you're trying to figure out the solutions and you don't have joy. You know it in your heart. You're not, it's, it's not just you don't have happiness. You don't have joy. By the way, I don't expect anyone to ever be happy in the midst of really deep hurt. It's not about happiness. It's about joy. See, in the midst of suffering, I can still have joy because I know I am not in charge of making it all work out. Hallelujah. But there is a real God who really came, was really born really lived a perfect life, really died on the cross for my sins and really conquered death. He really ascended into heaven and he really sent the Spirit who now really lives inside of me. And he empowers me to do what I cannot do on my own. And he says unto me that I don't start any work without bringing it about to completion. He says, I've got this. You stop being Lord. That's my job. And in that, I don't know about you, But this control freak finds great joy and rest that I can lay my head on my pillow at night and know, listen this, this is huge, that I really can't mess it up all that bad. (laughs) Amen? Man, there's joy in that. So listen, we find joy in the midst of suffering because of the person of Jesus. We find joy in the midst of suffering uh, because of... the purpose of Jesus. Lastly, I would say to you is we find joy or can have joy in the midst of suffering because Jesus will prevail. Because Jesus will prevail. Um, Now, I know who's running slides. Um, I've got an amazing crew. So Allison's here in the first and Meredith's going to be in the second. So I'm not going to throw them for a loop. Can we put Luke 2 back up on the screen even though the pastor did not put it there? Look at that. Come on. Bam. Yeah, we got you. All right? They know. They know. I want to look at this verse again. There's a little, there's just a, there, there's a little phrase here that, that we're going to read over. You, we've, we've all read over it a million times, but it's really cool if you dig into the original language. So again, uh, the angel of the Lord said to them, don't be afraid for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy. Here's the phrase, ready? That will be for all the people. That will be. That's a phrase. That will be. Okay. So, good news of great joy, that will be for all the people, and then we got all the good stuff we've been unpacking. Uh, that, That little phrase, that will be in the Greek. Ready? I'm not trying to freak you out, but here it is. I love it. It's in the future indicative. It's just a tense. But here's what that tense means. It means it is something real. It means it is something certain. It means that you should accept it as a fact. The angel says... This, this baby, this is real, this is certain, this is a fact. He will save you. He is the Messiah, right? And he will take control. He will be your Lord. He will, it's a, you can take it to the bank. He absolutely will. Means that Jesus will absolutely save us, that Jesus will absolutely uh, conquer sin and Satan, that Jesus will absolutely conquer death, that He will absolutely fulfill the law and its demands, that He will absolutely bring us back to God, and He has absolutely done all of that. So, this Jesus that says to us, I am with you till the end of the age, this Jesus will prevail. Before he suffers and dies. Before, he's, uh, re- Before he leaves, Jesus speaks some words. John 16, 33. I've told you these things that in y- me you may have peace. You'll have suffering in the world, but be courageous. I have conquered the world. <laughs> Jesus will prevail. That's why I can have joy no matter what the world throws at me is that his will will prevail. God's good will will prevail. That's rest, that's assurance. So, what do we do um, when we come to understand what biblical joy is? Uh, I, I, I've, got, I've got some things for you. So, I think you should do these things this week. You can reject these things this week and go, No, I've got it. But I love you enough to tell you that you don't have it. Okay? I love you enough to know, I know you, and you know me. And you know that we don't walk around all the time filled with joy. You know that we get stressed out. You know that life is hard. You know that we've been going through it. You know that sometimes we say things like, well, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. And I'm here to tell you, stop all that. Right? So here's how you deal. Here's how you find joy. Number one is I think you should make a list of all your circumstances. Happiness is about circumstances. Joy is not. So, the first thing you need to do is be real. That's another way to say it. Just be real. Be real with God. What are you going through? What hurt have you experienced that is holding you back? What, what is the circumstance you are trying to be Lord over? Right? Is it the loss of a loved one? Is it trying to work through your marriage? Is it trying to parent your kids? Is it worrying about the future and college and you? Next? Like, what are you trying? What circumstance are you going through that is stealing your life? joy. Write it down. And, and you've got to be honest. Listen, if you don't write it down, I'm just going to tell you, you're still going to leave the way you came. If, if you can't be honest about circumstances and where your hurts are, God's not going to be able to step into that, okay? So that's the first thing. I want you to make a list of your circumstances. Just be very real about your hurts, okay? Here's the, here's the second thing, though. This one's the cool part. I want you to take that list to Jesus, do you know that's that's literally what he says in Scripture? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. That list is heavy. Like if I put it all on a list, that is a heavy list. Might as well be stone tablets hung around my neck. Because when I try to figure it out, this is how I am in life. It's just killing me. Stress, pressure, you name it. So you take that list and you just take it to Jesus. It's his list. Hello! It is his list! Right? So I, 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 don't, I don't even know how to do, I don't even know how to say that. Imagine uh, little, little kids. Uh, so we got we had young children. So we have a kid that, like, if, you, if you've ever had a child that was like under two, right? So under two, and, uh, and dads, if you've ever lifted weights, okay? So, you imagine that you've, uh, you're doing some curls around the house. You've got a little curl bar. Let's say you've got 50 pounds on it, right? Because you, you work it hard, baby. Right? Yeah. She's pumping that 50. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it till I can't do it anymore. And look at these guns. Oh! Walk around. You walk around in the house, like trying to flex in front of your wife. She's going, arms are looking good. Can we do something about the tummy, babe? Um, and... Um, it's fine. Yeah, that's next, babe. That's like, dominals are next on the list. And and so yeah, you, you got you got this way. Here's the thing you would never do. You would never expect your two-year-old to carry around that curl bar because they can't, right? Because they're gonna get hurt. Okay? And here's God going, what are you doing? Don't pick that up. It's not yours. That's mine. Jesus literally, God in heaven, steps out of eternity, comes to earth in the midst of our suffering, says, It's mine. What are you doing? Don't pick that up. It'll hurt you. Just give it to me. That's my job. That's why I've come. And so you got to take all those circumstances and you just got to give them to Jesus, okay? And you say, what do I do after that, Pastor? That's the good part. This, this is my favorite part as a Baptist, ready? And you rejoice. Then you rejoice. What does that mean? Um, I found this quote this week. I really like it. I think this is what rejoicing is, ready? Uh, Happiness is smiling when the sun is out but joy is dancing in the midst of the downpour. That's what rejoicing is. Happiness is just, well, the sun is out, life is good, it's good. Now listen, but you, you are going through it, you're still going through it, but you take it to Jesus, and, and now because you've given unto Him what is His, even though your circumstances haven't changed, you've seen the beauty of Jesus who's with you. God with you, God right next to you, hurting with you, crying with you, walking with you. And when you see the glory of Jesus like that, you're just going to get up and dance. You're going to get up and praise him. You're going to say, God, this isn't the end of my story. This is just part of it. And I am here to worship you and you are everything. And I don't care what the world throws at me. You are good. What a God to walk with this sinner through these struggles. God, you are good. This is love. Radical change. It's a radical change. So, here's the question again Who is Lord over what's plaguing you? Is it you, or are you going to let it be Him? If you will let it be Him, I cannot promise you that your circumstances will change because when Jesus came to earth, guess what? Caesar was still there, (laughs) right? You follow me? He actually says, I'm not here to overthrow this earthly government. I can't promise you that your circumstances will change, but I can promise you that you can have joy in the midst of it because God is with you. Do you guys pray with me? Father, thanks for loving us. Uh, Thanks for your word. I I just want to pause for a moment and... uh, and ask, Holy Spirit, that you do a work right here in our midst. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, I just want to ask this question. And, and Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd work in our hearts. Um, if you're here this morning, and you have been suffering, and you've been trying to be Lord over it all, and the truth is you're just, you're pretty miserable. And you're tired and you're worn out. Would you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking. Your heads are down some honesty coming. Anybody else? Come on. You're on the brink, right? Anybody? Anybody else? Just like, I'm, I'm, I can't do this anymore. Okay. You can put your hands down. So, Father, for every person that had the courage to just raise their hand and for every person that really wanted to, give them the strength to do what has been said today. That they'd be brutally honest with you about what they're hurting, what they're going through, And that they would literally hand it over to you and say, God, I can't do this anymore. Would you do it for me? And Lord, when you meet them in the midst of that circumstance, when you meet them in the midst of that circumstance, I pray that they would be able to dance in the downpour. That they would find your joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.